Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 29, the Holding On To You music video. Make sure you watch the video beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis. Today, I'm joined by Lexi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm so good. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. I'm so excited you're here. So, we have some new Dima information swirling around. Do you have any initial thoughts? I always get really scared when something comes out (laughs) about Dima. I just never know. I'm always really scared it's going to be something kind of terrifying. So, I mean, I'm ready as I'll ever be, but... Yeah, me and Lexi were talking before this. We have trouble keeping up with all the information. (laughs) Seriously, I know. There's just layers upon layers upon layers. Mm -hmm. So the other day, they released the photo with a continent of Entrench on it. And there's something to the right that says Voldsoy. And one of my friends said this has something to do with one of the songs. But I don't remember what it is. Have you heard anything? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to check. Okay, so Becca says, um, the island called Voldsoy means island of violence. Oh! Which is Like my grade. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't tell where North is pointing, but I'm curious because this is right before the outside video is coming out, which by the time mm-hmm. you guys hear this, it will already be out. And probably some of this will be outdated, but we're talking about it anyway because some people don't know anything about the lore. But I'm wondering, like, we're moving sideways. Depending where North is, I'm curious if Voldsoy is sideways. Like, could that be on a new album or something? I have no idea. Ooh, yeah. And then I would also wonder, you know, the whole thing with Trench was East is up. And mm-hmm. so I wonder if we're supposed to, it's supposed to be more important where East is. Yeah. When our natural inclination is to point North. Yeah. Oh, there's so much here. Did you watch um, one of 514 Church's sermons? He mentioned Tyler and what Tyler said East is Up means. Really? Yeah. No. What did he say? Um, I forget the pastor's name, but I think him and Tyler go back a while. Now I'm forgetting. It's something spiritual. Like, what if something we always thought was true actually wasn't? Like, to that effect. Ooh, okay. Yeah, kind of like challenging your preconceptions and yeah. things like that. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like that. But okay, so the thing that just came out today is a Clancy letter. And it's pretty lengthy, but I want to read it for those of you who are not familiar with it. And Lexi has not read it or heard it yet. So I want to get her initial reactions. Okay. <laughs> I still think Tyler should write a novel about this because it's very well written. And Nugget is here. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wait, you haven't seen Nugget on here yet. No, I haven't. Come here. Okay, she's being angsty. (laughs) She'll probably jump up at an inconvenient time. (laughs) Okay, are you ready for this letter? Yes, I'm, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, I don't think you are. (laughs) I haven't had the ability to write for what seems like a lifetime. This deprivation is what weighed on me the most. 
Not the lack of food or the change of scenery. They wouldn't let me write anything down. Well, at least not without them present. I remember that day vividly. First, they let me out. Even though the hallway was still gray and drab, the new experience was a shock to my system. Significantly different than usual captivity. I tried to watch the rhythm of the nameless guard's footsteps as we echoed down the long corridor. I followed close behind as if I had no choice. Cold concrete encapsulated us and seemed to cast a spell of synthetic calmness, obedience. We arrived at a blue door. It was an odd contrast to this concrete maze. As I went through the doorway, I found myself in another typical gray Dima room. The only difference was who was waiting for me. Four of them. Three of them were unknown to me, but one was clearly Keon's? I don't remember for sure, but we've heard of him before. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's listening and knows, I don't know for sure, but I think he could be one of the bishops from the live stream. Oh, oh. okay. But I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it says, I knew his voice. They proposed an idea, a television show or whatever it was. So I think it is. I think it is. (laughs) I had no idea that I was known outside of my cell, but they informed me that I had garnered notoriety for my schemes and outbursts. They wanted to use my face for the benefit of the city. They handed me a pen, which I'm like, addict (gasps) with a pen. (laughs) An addict, perhaps? An ode to sleep. (laughs) A familiar instrument, he says. (laughs) Okay, this word says yet. I'm also curious, this is like all in cursive. I'm wondering if it's his actual handwriting. Because if so, he has very nice handwriting. (laughs) Yet, they must be present when I use it. They wanted to manage my imagination and vision, which he's talked about, Scaled and Icy, being a lot about Mm -hmm. imagination. Although shackled, at least I could create again. Thus began the sessions. Every day, my cell door would open. I followed the guard down the familiar hall, through the blue door, to sit down at the desk and chair. My designated creative space, perfectly centered under their watchful eye. Sometimes three, sometimes eight. Not once were all nine present. He was never there. I would have felt it if he was. I think that means Nico. Yes. That's what Remus said. At the end of the session, Keons would take my pen, gather my writings, and send me back. This went on for months. What were we creating? I wasn't sure. A variety show with songs and set pieces? Were the rulers of the stifled city actually attempting entertainment for its people? Everything I created had to be for the benefit of the citizens of Dima, a phrase I heard often. I didn't question them. I was happy to be out of my cell and putting words to paper. I'm like, is this just all of Scaled and Icy? I know, seriously. (laughs) On the final day after I wrote the last line, I was asked what to name it. The question caught me off guard. This seemed like a decision they would make. Show day. They dressed me up and asked me to smile, a poor attempt at hiding my sleep deprivation. Is this just like the whole live stream? (laughs) It sounds like it. It was all so colorful as if compensating for the grayness of the city. It was a blur. Before I knew it, it was over and I was back in my cell. I can only remember fragments, only blurred hallucinations of color and chaos, like a dream. 
The confusion of it all hangs overhead. What was it all for? But it wasn't over. I guess it went well enough for them to request more of me. I was useful to Dima, and my creativity was explored, exploited in new forms. They wanted me to be the entertainment at the annual assemblage of the glorified, a performance at sea for the premier citizens of Dima. What was that music video for? It was for Saturday. Saturday, right? okay. That's what I thought. They're on the ship. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, and they're in there dancing before it sinks. Yeah. And then he crossed this off. I knew there wasn't the real, those weren't the real bishops on that ship. Oh, my God. Which is interesting. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he continues, I'll quicken the entry. I need to keep up with the torch bearer. <laughs> Which, for those of you who don't know, is Josh. Yes. (laughs) But then what does that mean? Because we know Josh was, like, evil in the Choker video. Mm -hmm. And he's following the Torchbearer right now. So does that mean he's kind of... It sounds like he's complicit with the bishops, but... Well, that's why my... Yeah, my reaction was like, does he just want Josh kicked out of the band? (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, it's kind He's of sassy. Evil. It's like, slow down, man. <laughs> During the performance, we were attacked by something in the water. I don't know what possessed the creature to attack, but it was odd and felt incredibly intentional. Many lost their lives in the attack, and I was thrashed through the bitter, bitter cold waves, which is the video we just saw today, mm-hmm. yet somehow survived. Yet this icy cold, did this icy cold preserve me? Why was I spared? I am still so cold as I write. This place feels foreign, nothing like trench. From the frigid sea, the air here is somehow colder than the water that surrounds it. I have a strange feeling that this island will provide answers. I must go. Clancy. (laughs) Okay, this whole thing. There's so many references. Seriously, so many. I think it's so funny because sometimes it's so on the nose. It's like, okay, he's talking about the live stream. But then there's other times where he says these things and you just have no idea. I feel like it unravels. It takes a long time for it to actually make sense. Like almost multiple Mm -hmm. albums before it really makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I'm wondering, like, are parts of this going to become clear in the next album? Mm-hmm. And I wonder, too, with the the video coming out for The Outside soon, I'm sure that kind of picks up where that letter leaves off. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much it'll propel us in the storyline. Yeah. I feel like they always do. But I don't really know what to expect with that video. Yeah. And Remus and Michael sent me a photo where the two of them are looking up at something. And I'm Uh-oh. curious if they're going to bring trash into it again. And like, because I feel like we haven't gotten a full explanation of trash. Yeah, we saw we saw him in the Shy Away video, right? Mm-hmm. And then we saw his little figurine in Choker. Mm-hmm. But you don't even know how Josh captured him, right? Yeah. It seems like that would be kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. I hope we find out more about trash. That's, like, my biggest hope for the video. Me too. And oh, it makes me sad, though. Do you remember... So, during the live stream, I know at the very end, when it ended, it kind of took us into the cell, and it had all the lyrics written onto the walls. Do you... Did you see that, or do you remember that? Wait, what? I just remember it, like, zooming in on them at the end. 
Yeah, so at the end, it zoomed, uh, it zoomed in. They were finishing up and kind of mm-hmm. wrapping up. And then they might have shown credits. I don't remember. But I know at the very, okay. very, very end, it kind of took you into this little... It almost looks like when a DVD is over and it takes you to, like, the bonus features. It just went into this little... It was animated, but it was like a little cell. And it's kind of it sounds like what he was describing. I don't know if I it was saw like that. And there were lyrics from the songs like written on the walls and you would it would let you walk around and explore, but you could only zoom in on the lyrics. And that's kind of what it sounds like. They would take him to this room. Yeah. He he would just create, but at his own expense, just for what whatever it said, like benefits the citizens of Dima. Mm -hmm. But it was like he was totally a prisoner there. Yeah. And that's like what it showed at the end of the live stream, which I think makes sense with that saying Mm -hmm. it was they were really controlling the whole thing. That's so scary. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. I, he's just so thorough, like an author, and I'm just always amazed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for this music video now. I have no mm-hmm. idea what to expect for it. And I, I'm always curious what, how, like, how things they create will end. Like, will this mm-hmm. somehow have a cliffhanger for something else? Like, I don't know if there would be many other music videos. Like, this could be the last Scaled and Icy music video. Mm-hmm. I could see that. But also, I don't know, because they're still doing, like, all their summer stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, who knows? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they put out another single just mm-hmm. because they have that whole leg of the tour coming up. Yeah, they haven't even started or I don't know if they've started it, but they have so much more of a tour to finish. Mm -hmm. And I feel like usually when they're on the road that long, they want to like add something in. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully I hope they put out a new (laughs) single, but I mean, who knows? Yeah. Do you know when their next tour ends? Because that's like all they have booked at this point, I think. That's true. I don't know when it ends. I'm going to see them in September. I know (gasps) it's through September. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. Where at? Um, I'm going to see them in Phoenix. Okay. Yes. I think it's it's in September. Um, yeah, if anyone goes to see them in Phoenix, say Did hi. Did you see but... them before? <laughs> yes. I've okay. seen them. I've seen them twice before. Awesome. <laughs> Have you seen, like, different tours every time? No. The I saw them twice for the Bandito tour. Me I saw them too. Once in I love that tour. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> I wish I could have seen them during their Blurry Face tour, though. Emotional mm. Roadshow. I, I wish I could good. have seen them. Yeah. I wish I could have seen them during Vessel. <laughs> I know. It so, just goes backwards. Like, I wish I could have seen them when, yeah. they, like, little when they had, like, ten people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... Any last thoughts on any of that? No, I think I think I'm good. I'm just okay. excited. I'm scared and excited and yeah. I want new music and literally anything they give us, I will gladly accept. Of course. Like any yeah. little I'm like, yes, post anything you want. I'll I'll be here for it. Yep. I feel like I'm even content like when they post on social media. I'm like, thank you for more content <laughs> because I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so moving into Lexi's questions so how do you know me (laughs) and how do you know 21 pilots so 
I really only know Anna through this podcast, so it's really funny because during lockdown, so I really like listening to podcasts, and I remember one day I was just searching. I was like, are there any 21 Pilots podcasts? Because that's totally something I would listen to. Mm -hmm. So I just searched, and I found Entrench, and I started listening to it, and I think there were only a couple episodes out at that point. Yeah, when did you look? Do you remember? It was definitely during lockdown, so it must have been in like, probably in the summer at some point. Okay. June or July or something of 2020. Um, So I remember I listened to it and I was like, wait, this is so awesome. And what I will say too is this podcast is like totally in my lane because I love 21 Pilots. I love Jesus. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) So I was like, oh my gosh, this was made for me. So I started listening to it and I remember at the end, Anna always says, email me, say what's up, Mm -hmm. send me your memories and things like that. And I was like, I should do that. But I was so nervous. And so I didn't for a really long Mm -hmm. time. And then in, well, in November of 2020. Yeah. Yeah, it was. November of 2020, I got COVID. It was fine. Oh, no. (laughs) But when I was like in quarantine all by myself, I was listening to one of her episodes and I was like, I'm going to email her because I I had no Mm -hmm. one else to talk to so I emailed her and Anna was so nice and so sweet and we connected on social media and we've been online friends ever since and Mm -hmm. she was so gracious to let me come onto the podcast so that's how I know Anna. Thank you I think you were the very first fan email. Really? Yeah I'm pretty sure yeah wow so thank you for being my OG. (laughs) And also, to anyone who wants to send in an email and is nervous to, mm-hmm. Anna is literally the nicest. Like, don't be scared. Oh. It's really fun just to connect with people <laughs> over a band you love so much. Yeah. So really, if if you need a sign to, like, connect or to follow on Instagram or something, like, please do it. <laughs> Lexi's like, I'm praying for you to email. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> well, thank you for your kind words. How do you mm-hmm. know 21 Pilots? So one of my friends in high school introduced me to them. Um, So the first songs I heard were Holding On To You and Guns For Hands. And I remember it was so unlike all the other music I was listening to at that point. And so Mm -hmm. I was, I really liked those songs, but I didn't really dive into the band very much. And then I remember after, it was after they released Blurry Face, but kind of right before, it was right before Stressed Out really blew up. I remember I was like, trying to just find new music and I was like oh I remember I like that band 21 Pilots so I started just like Mm -hmm. going through their discography and I was like wait they're really good so it was kind of it kind of coincided with like when Stressed Out and Ride like when they really got popular so it's been a few years now but I I just love them so much like Mm -hmm. they're my favorite band and I feel like they really I feel like I just have grown up with them I don't know Mm -hmm. how else to explain it but it's like all of their songs were so formative for me at different points in my life in high school and in college so I mean I've only listened to them since high school really but I feel like they kind of been like with me for a while yeah for sure that's Mm -hmm. how I feel too like it feels like they've been around a lot longer in my life than they actually have yes (laughs) (laughs) do you have a favorite album Yes. So, okay. I think it's people laugh at me when I answer this question because my personal favorite album is Vessel. That one just has mm-hmm. a really special place in my heart because it's the first songs I heard. And I just think that those songs really are kind of, they really encapsulate all their music. But what I, I will say, in my, in my professional opinion, that is not professional, <laughs> in any way, 
I think, even though Vessel is my personal favorite album because it's very, like, sentimental to me and I have an, a lot of emotional attachments, I think Blurry Face is their best album. Like, objectively, I think that just the their sound, the leap from Vessel mm-hmm. to Blurry Face, it was just a whole new, it was almost a whole new genre that they created. Yeah. And I think... Um, what I have found, I, I really love Trench. I really love Scaled and Icy. But when I listen to those albums, I feel like I can't help but think, oh, this is the new, like, I think Jumpsuit is the new Heavy Dirty Soul. This slow song sounds like that slow song. And Mm -hmm. I do think, like, their, their evolution is really impressive. And I don't think that they're, like, recycling or anything. But I think that Blurry Face kind of set the tone for them as a band. And so I think that one is just very impressive. Like, that's a close Mm -hmm. second for me, but... Vessel is my personal favorite. Why do you think... I don't know. I feel like... Because they blew up the most with Blurry Face. Like, what do you mm-hmm. think made Blurry Face that special to so many people? Ooh, that's a good question. Because I feel like most fans I've talked to will, like, say Vessel is their favorite. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Blurry Face is actually when they attracted the most fans. Yes. I think... And I don't know if there's, like, a pressure where people are, like, scared to say they like Blurry Face over Vessel. Yeah, or... like, they don't want it to be too mainstream. Like, yeah. oh, you know. And I think that's when people get weird, like, oh, like, you like a band named five of their songs that yeah. isn't stressed out, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I mean, I think it definitely helped just them being on the radio. But I think mm-hmm. even the songs that were on the radio, I feel like, even stressed out. I think that's a perfect example because that song is actually very profound. The yeah. way he talks about growing up and nostalgia and just the pressure mm-hmm. of kind of having the whole world resting on your shoulders as you're growing up. Like that is such a universal experience. I think mm-hmm. that's when people really discovered like how special this band was. It wasn't just yeah. that the song was a popular song, but the meaning behind it actually resonated with a lot of people. And I feel I like it was music. a... I feel like it's a more mature, thorough version of what he was trying to convey in regional at best. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's really good. I And I think that Tyler's songwriting has always been special and the band has always been special, but it's that, that Blurry Face era like finally shined a light on it so mm-hmm. people could actually see. And I think all that made sense then just like reiterates that. Yeah. I think it's really cool. And I think all their fame is totally deserved just because they're so mm-hmm. good. That's what I love. Like, I don't know, <laughs> me promoting the power of introspection. But I'm like, you can't fake having good lyrics. Seriously. You can fake music, but you can't fake lyrics. Yes. Yes. And we are, me and Lexi are both word people. So. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> I'm like, that is true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, like, you could, I feel like you can more easily tell if someone's not being original with their words, too. Definitely. Yeah. You can tell when people are saying what they think you want to hear, mm-hmm. or they're just pumping out music that kind of follows that popular formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can definitely tell. I feel, yeah, just, like, my communication degree has made me think critically about everything, so I feel like I can, I always will, like, get that sense, and, like, that's why my favorite artists are the ones who I can just tell have a more original flavor about their music. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means I have, like, a BS reader, but, <laughs> like, mm, I feel like I've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 
Do you have a favorite song or a few favorite songs? My my absolute favorite song is Holding On To You, which mm-hmm. is why I'm so excited Yay. to be on this episode. Um, <laughs> I also, I just have so many. I have mm-hmm. so many favorite songs. Um, D- I does really, holding- really... Oh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> does Holding On To You mean anything specific? Ooh, I feel like... What I really love about holding on to you is that I feel like it has meant different things to me at different times in my life. Like when I fell far from God, I feel like it was a reminder that he's always there and I could almost sing it. It almost felt like a like a worship thing, that mm-hmm. song. And then um, I've also gone through times in my life where the lyrics kind of morph and I know when I was going through a really hard time and I felt very low just in my self-esteem and things like that, mm-hmm. I feel like that song kind of turned into something for myself, like that I'm holding on to myself even yeah. when I feel like I can't or even when I feel like I'm slipping. Like I feel like it's just taken on a lot of different forms and it's mm-hmm. a song that I can always go back to. But it's also when you want a really pumped up song, it makes you feel good. Like sometimes I listen to it when I'm working out just because it's a good song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, it's just a song that's always like been with me that I can go back to. I think it's like a like a comfort song. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does 21 Pilots inspire you or do they mean anything to you specifically as a band? Ooh, that's such a sweet question. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I think they do inspire me a lot. I think that Tyler's ability to be vulnerable and almost his okayness, like he's so comfortable with being vulnerable Mm -hmm. that it makes me want to also do the same. Like I feel like, hmm. He has a lot of really deep feelings and a lot of thoughts, Mm -hmm. and especially the way he communicates about God really makes me feel like I could create art, and it doesn't have to be so cut and dry, like, this is true, I will never doubt it, like, Mm -hmm. it's okay, it leaves room for us to doubt, for us to ask questions, and that's okay. I feel like 21 Pilots really gives people permission to express the things they need to say, and that doesn't Mm -hmm. even have to be through songwriting or through writing or anything like that, but just the way you live your life and the way you relate to the people around you and to God, I feel like it's just a good reminder, all of their songs kind of saying, it's okay like to feel things, it's okay to question things, and I don't know, anything kind of under that umbrella, I think that that's just how I feel about them as a band, and it's kind of what you were saying, like the originality, you just can't, you can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Very profound mm-hmm. thoughts. <laughs> Do you have any favorite memories related to 21 Pilots? Oh my gosh, I have so many. Um, I mean, I really liked going to their concerts. I know, so the very first concert I went to was, like I said, at the Bandito tour. And I remember me and my friends, we did the whole yellow duct tape thing. Mm -hmm. And it was really funny because for some reason it was so hard for me to find yellow duct tape. (laughs) I went to like three different stores. I was like, is everyone going to this concert tonight? Are they just sold out of duct tape? Mm-hmm. So I went to Party City, I got some duct tape, and I remember we were in the parking garage before we went into the arena, and we were, like, putting tape on each other, and it was mm-hmm. really, really fun. I also remember, so something I like to do ever since I got really into the band, so when they released Trench and Scaled and Icy, the day they released the albums, 
like the night it drops I really like to go on a drive and just Mm -hmm. listen to the album all the way through Um, yeah so that is like a sweet memory for me I know this last time I was listening to the album and I was talking to my brother about it at the same Mm -hmm. time shout out to Drew hey what's up hey Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) um I just remember we were like talking about our first reactions we were like ranking the songs and it was really fun those are like some good memories I have that's really fun I also love driving and listening to their albums. <laughs> yeah, it's such good driving music. It's yeah. so good. I should make that a goal. Like, their next album that comes out, listen to it in its entirety while I'm driving for the first time. It's really fun. It's really fun. I would definitely recommend. Mm-hmm. I just have to figure out, like, what my driving route is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I, like, try to, like, perfectly time it so you get back right when the album finishes. <laughs> I know. You're going to finish the album. You're like 30 miles from yeah. home. <laughs> well, now I got to go all the way back. <laughs> I know. You're like, I guess I'll just listen to it again. Yeah. Okay. So today we're analyzing the Holding On To You music video. And me and Lexi both caught a lot in this video. So I think we'll be covering a lot today. Do you have any initial reactions to the video? Initial reaction is that I love it second reaction it's more of a question I wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. is so I'm pretty sure this is their only video that's in black and white I think so yeah yeah so I I wondered why that was I don't know Mm -hmm. like I don't have a theory about that did you do you have a theory yeah that's a good question I was telling Lexi they had a missed opportunity (laughs) (laughs) tell them they could have After he says the kaleidoscope line, they could have turned it into color, and I think that would have looked really cool. Yeah. Yeah, Best opportunity. You should have been a creative director on that set. I may or may not have sent Tyler some messages sassing him a lot. (laughs) And I told Anna to make it an Instagram reel, so (laughs) please do. They're so funny. Thank you. I'll probably, I should start doing that. Make some, like, humor skit 21 Pilots yeah. videos. That's the content we, that's the content we want. <laughs> also, people want me to post, like, regular devotional thoughts and things, so I'm probably going to start doing that. Yes, you absolutely should. That would be so amazing. That's, like, actually something wholesome to have in your Instagram feed you know I feel like anytime I go on Instagram it's so hard trying to dodge all this horrible stuff that would be (laughs) trying to dodge yeah (laughs) but yeah I'm just like thinking about the song and the fact that it's black and white I don't know I wonder if it's more of like a symbolism of the fact that he is in need of that color from God Mm -hmm. and it's like still in that tension of struggling with it so maybe mm-hmm. it's a metaphor. Knowing yeah. Tyler, there's got to be a reason that he chose oh, black yes, and white. Oh, yes, there's absolutely a reason. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know what it is. I know I there is like, a reason. I feel like we need to start putting a list of questions for Tyler together. And then <laughs> if, anyone, if, ever... <laughs> if any of us ever gets to Tyler someday, we'll just have a shared document where we have like hundreds of questions. I know they're going to be like, I know I only have 30 seconds with you, but I have 200 questions. It's like a number. Santa's list, but it's all questions. We'll print it out on a really long sheet of paper. So it's like a scroll. You just roll it out. Like Shrek. I don't know why that reminds me of Shrek. (laughs) 
Wait, Anna, have I told you that Shrek is my favorite movie? What? Have we? T- <laughs> Wait, okay. Have we my talked fr- about this? My friends and I just opened Netflix the other day to watch Hot Rod. Great movie. I love that movie. <laughs> and the Shrek picture was Lord Farquaad shirtless in his bed. <laughs> I know. I was like, they could have done that better. But yeah, they just put Shrek and Shrek 2 on Netflix. I've already Mm -hmm. watched Shrek 2 with my roommates. And yeah. I think Shrek 2 has a special place in my heart. Like that soundtrack was my favorite. It's uh, my two favorite soundtracks. 21 Pilots and (laughs) Shrek Shrek 2 movie soundtrack. I'm so sorry. Go on. No, it's fine. You thought this was a 21 Pilots podcast, but it's a Shrek podcast featuring 21 Pilots. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were talking about the Holding On To You music video. <laughs> but was there like a specific thought we were talking about? Um, we were talking about why it's in black and white and okay. our theories about it. I like your theory that God kind of brings the color, you know, kind of he's going yeah. back to the basics. It's just black and white i'm i'm curious if it somehow has a vessel as a whole tie but i don't know Mm. but like none of the other music videos are black and white from vessel i don't know i feel like if we analyze long enough we could come up with a lot of different theories (laughs) i agree i agree (laughs) but okay let's jump in I have not done a, obviously I've only done one music video before this, so I don't know how exactly we want to, like, bounce our thoughts off of each other, because it's not, like, a stanza. Um, the way I did it, I kind of, so I did, like, verse one, chorus, verse two, kind of just in chronological order, like, what was happening on the screen that, like, caught my eye. Okay, Um, yeah. So I just have them in chronological order. Like, I have them in order. But that's smart. I did not order them by, like, stanzas, so I don't really know what parts of the videos these are. No, it's all good. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll we'll just go for it. Okay. So, the first thing I noted is that they're uncovered, like, the skeletons uncover them with, like, a sheet, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, I feel like this portrays that they're... There's, like, three connotations I have. One of them is they're old, so, like... Their thoughts are kind of old and rusty because of what Tyler's struggling with. Uh, Similarly, dusty. Um, So just in need of spiritual cleansing from God. Yes, and refreshing. Yeah. And then if they're uncovered, they've also... Or if they were covered and they have to be uncovered, then they probably haven't been touched in a while. So... We've been going through the desert, like, attic with a pen. Yes. That's kind of yes. the vibe I'm getting. Ooh, I really like that. Yeah, that was the first thing I looked at, too. I was thinking, like, okay, what does this mean? The The idea I kind of got from it was, like, um, like, in that first verse, lyrically, he's just talking about kind of, like, coming back into yourself, coming back into your body, almost as if he's been gone for a long time. And I think of it almost as, like, He's almost coming back from the dead or getting, like, reanimated yeah. the way that, like, we start off, you know, like, dead in our sin, mm-hmm. like how Ephesians says, but through grace we're, we're saved. So I almost thought of it as kind of, like, coming into salvation mm-hmm. and having to almost learn how to be alive again, in a sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Or almost, like, from your old spiritual self to your new spiritual self. 
Yes. Yeah. And like you were saying, you're probably going to be dusty kind of like, I don't know. You're having to kind of get used to everything again. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Um, and then their eyes are closed was the other thing I noted until... I literally talked about that too. Yeah, <laughs> but then they open right when he starts singing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this shows that he's going from being asleep to wanting to fight the flesh, and that's when his eyes open, and he starts saying his piece against his flesh. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a theme they come back to again and again in the music, is kind of equating faith with being awake. Right. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he goes from being asleep to being awake. Yeah. And then they have skeletons dancing around, which I feel like is just like the perfect metaphor for like mental health and lies. And like they're just literal skeletons that are floating around our brains all the time. Yes. When I saw this video, the first time I saw it. So have you... I don't know what kind of, like, church background you grew up in or, like, if you went to Christian school and stuff. But mm-hmm. do you know what human videos are? No. So, um, growing up, I went to, like, Christian schools. Um, and what we would do – and I think if some people who've, like, grown up in church, I think some people will know what I'm talking about. But there are these things called human videos. And what it is is they'll play a song. It's usually, like, an angsty Christian song. And – all of the kids will like act out kind of scenes to the song, right? And so it's like a human video. But what's funny when I saw this video, so a lot of times people will pretend to be like demons and stuff. And mm. the way they move is exactly how this video is. So I was like, That's oh my so gosh, they're classic like human video demons, you know, kind of the like um, robotic sort of like scary looking movements it really looks like that um so that was just the imagery i thought of is like oh it's kind of like his demons like the like the demons he's Mm -hmm. trying to fight um i also thought about the metaphor of like skeletons in your closet like things you're trying to hide Mm -hmm. um but yeah that was what came to mind for me i was like oh my gosh they're doing a human video right now it's just really funny that's so interesting i've never heard of that before yeah i did it like a little bit growing up and i mean and they're fun. You know, it's like a little skit, but it's just to music, so you're not talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they're always, I don't know, they're always very angsty, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> all these, like, big scenes and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think it kind of, like we were saying, the way the sheet gets pulled off of him, I think they're kind of like the remnants of his old life. Yeah. Or, like you were saying, the things that used to kind of drag him down. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're also part of his new life. Because they don't disappear when he opens his eyes. Yes. Ooh, that's good. But, yeah, we'll get more into it as the song goes on. (laughs) Because I feel like there's a lot here. And then I thought it was interesting, the next thing I noted was when he says T's uncrossed and I's undotted, it goes blurry. I was going to ask you, what do you think of it being blurry? I think it's like, literally goes along with the lyrics, like, um he's missing parts of himself so like he Mm -hmm. can't quite see everything so it's blurry yes I like that did you have anything with I don't I don't really know exactly but anything like around that spot or before that spot I don't really know how to like um the next the next thing I noticed was them doing the backflip off the drum kit okay interesting um okay I have quite a few things before then. (laughs) Let's talk about those. So then I noted when he says SWAT, 
I forget what exactly happens when he says SWAT. Oh, when he says SWAT, they, like, pull him down, which I thought was interesting. So it feels like he was taking a literal stand against the skeletons, against the demons. But, like, once you take a stand, spiritual warfare comes for you. And so, like, when we choose to fight, I just thought that was a really cool metaphor of, like, that's when Satan and lies are going to pull us down more. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was very interesting how the second he said SWAT, like, I'm going to push you away, it was like, we're going to drag you down. (laughs) Like a lot of times you're met with resistance when you Mm -hmm. try to stand firm. Yeah. And then when he says, I'm open a moment and close when I show it before you know it, I'm lost at sea. He's staring at the camera when he's open, like he's vulnerable, he wants to see. And then he looks away when he talks about clothes and then when he says lost at sea his hands make like a gun motion so i thought like thematically that really emphasized what he was singing about and then he pulls his collar like he's choking between the verses which i think shows the spiritual warfare and also like his thoughts are very jumbled and he's unsure like what's up what's down what's true what's not And that just, like, further emphasizes his discomfort and everything. And then... It reminds me... Oh, sorry. You can add on. It reminds me of the... Okay, cool. It reminds me of the Fairly Local video where he's being choked. And it's, like, very... Yeah. Blurry face imagery. That's what Mm -hmm. it reminds me of. Have you seen the blurry face videos a lot, then, since you love blurry face? Mm Mm-hmm. I think those videos are really cool. I really like those videos. Yeah. I forgot to mention, I'm pretty sure this video is the first music video I ever saw of theirs. Whoa! Because, like, watching it, I tried, like, thinking of their other videos. I was like, maybe car radio? But for some reason, this one holds the most nostalgia for me, which I feel like means it's probably the one I saw first. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What a good introduction. Yeah. Um, My first song was Heavy Dirty Soul. So good. So good. (laughs) What was your first song? You heard. I think it was this one. I okay. can't remember if it was this one or Guns for Hands. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like that same time they were. I was introduced to them. I feel like when I did hear or like intentionally look up this song to listen to it, I was like, oh, I have heard this before. So mm-hmm. I think at mm-hmm. some point I just heard it on the radio or something. Yeah, yeah. And then the last thing I had was when the chorus starts... I felt like compared to the beginning of the video, the skeletons were a little more spaced out and had like backed off a little bit, but mm-hmm. I could be imagining that. I don't know. Which is interesting. I mean, if you if you follow that theory, it's interesting that when he really starts singing to God, they yeah. back off. You know, like how it says that the sound of his voice, the demons flee. It's mm-hmm. like when you really are aware of God's presence, mm-hmm. nothing else can kind of hurt you. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like... That would make sense that it's not just mm-hmm. me, like, making that up. I feel like mm-hmm. that's very legitimate. Yeah. And then that's when I brought brought up the backflips. So what did you have on that? Well, I just, I forgot that they do the backflip in the music video. Because I love that part of all their mm-hmm. concerts when Josh does the backflip off the piano. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. And I was wondering, I don't know which came first. If they had the backflip in the video Ooh, and yeah. Josh replicated it or if Josh did it. And so kind of as like a 
tribute to him yeah. and to their live shows. They put it in the video. I don't know. People who've been a fan longer probably would know the answer to that. I mean, now I'm curious, before Vessel, did Josh do backflips? I want to know. I know. I'm like, was that <laughs> yeah. a skill that came after the video? I don't know. Oh, that's like something that freaks me out. I'm like, how do you just decide one day I'm going to try a backflip? I'm like, I would kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I could definitely not do a backflip. And I never mm-hmm. will. Never. <laughs> no, I'm not built for that. But I did notice when they do the backflips, Josh was banging on the drums. So I almost wonder if it's like Josh was fighting and that's why they did backflips. He like hit the drums and it caused them to fly into the air. Ooh, that's a good point. It reminds me of Goner where, well, you know, the part in Goner where the drums mm-hmm. just go so hard. And that's kind of what I think of is kind of him fighting mm-hmm. in that song. And that's kind of the same thing here, too. Which, like, let's just talk about Josh for a moment, because Josh doesn't get enough time on here. But I know. I I feel like drums is the main way he probably, like, fights through things. Like, it's Mm -hmm. his safe haven is playing the drums and, like, exercising. Like, I feel like his coping mechanisms are very, like, active, literally. Yes. And I feel like that's always a good metaphor for, like, internal fighting, too. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to know Josh's thoughts on, like, everything and, like, all the lore and everything. I want to know, like, if he, like, how much he contributes, if he even wants to contribute, or if he's just like, yeah, Tyler, you can do anything. I'll just go (laughs) along with it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just I'll just show up with my drumsticks and we'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then I think shortly after that, I just noticed Tyler looking above, which is like pretty on the nose metaphor of mm-hmm. like while he's mm-hmm. singing the chorus, he's directing himself towards God. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed in the second verse, unless you had something before the second verse. No, my next things are for the second. Okay, verse. so Josh is playing the drums more. Um, not more, but. I feel like he's controlling the skeletons more with, like, the drums. Like, I notice them kind of more so moving to the beat, whereas mm-hmm. before, I don't know if they were necessarily moving to the beat. Right. Before that, their movements were very erratic and just kind of swarming Tyler, but now it's like they're a little more under their control. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Like, he started fighting with the backflips, and now it's like he's gaining his control back. Yes, yes. And then the next thing I talk about is the noose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have so much about that. <laughs> yeah, you can go. <laughs> um, okay, so, well, I think it's interesting because um, the first thing I notice, you know, he has the noose and you mean when they're, like, pulling him? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think it's actually a very, this part of the video really does something to me, like, every time I watch it because... When you see it, especially when the screen tilts sideways, when you're looking at it visually, even though it kind of looks like the like skeletons are putting up a struggle, the way you're looking at it, there's no way they won't pull him down. Right. It's like he's so overpowered by them They're They outnumber him so much and they are just so strong. You know, they're Mm -hmm. pulling him and it looks very hopeless. That's what it made me think of, that it's a very hopeless situation. Like, he is so overpowered. Yeah. What could he possibly do? Um, and I think it kind of shows, like, your desperation in your mm-hmm. lowest moments, feeling like everything is pulling you in the wrong direction and there's nothing you can really do about it. Yeah. 
And even just like when you're in such a hopeless state, it can be easy to just succumb more to the skeletons and the lies. And yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So I feel like with the noose, the main thing I brought up was I think the skeletons are hoping it will serve as a way to kill, but Tyler ends up being able to fight. And eventually they fall away, which I think is interesting. And I don't know exactly how, like, visually and narratively that is possible. Because like you say, he's he's clearly overpowered. But I think it's interesting that when he chooses to fight, that's when they lose. Like, he chose to turn around. He chose to pull on it. And that's when they fell away. That's so interesting. I didn't notice that, but you're totally right. That's what happened. And I think it's interesting too, what like what you were saying earlier, that sometimes when we stand firm, we're met with resistance mm-hmm. and that is true. But then in this verse, it shows that when he actually does turn away, he's not met, met with resistance. He actually, yeah. it actually ends up the way it's supposed to, which is interesting. It's not completely hopeless when you try to do the right thing or when you try to turn away from yourself and repent it's also interesting because you would think they would have like moved him or pulled him closer but he actually doesn't get moved by them at all other than him turning around which is his own choice sturdy and i also noticed that the loose the noose is loose enough to breathe fine yeah which just plays into everything like it could have been like tight on his neck but there was clearly like room for him to move yes Yes. Which I think also proves that sometimes we can convince ourselves things are a lot worse than they actually are. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to get perspective from other people or get perspective just outside of our heads somehow whenever possible. Definitely. Wow, that's so good. It's like even in our most desperate moments, there's still room for hope. Yeah. Even when we can't see it, even when we don't perceive it, it's always there. And I think even, like, the – I haven't had the same experience with depression as a lot of other people. Mine was a lot more, like, situational and fleeting. But I feel like it's always important for people who struggle with depression to remember that they have more choice than they think they do. And as overwhelming and hopeless as feelings can seem, we still have a way to get out of it. But I feel like that's really hard to know in the moment when we're struggling. Definitely. Definitely. So I, I don't know, like, what exactly helps people the most to find their ability to choose again. Do you have any experience with depression? I do. Mine was also kind of situational. Um, but I know during my sophomore year of college, I really had, like, a really low point. And I don't know, when I think of that time, I think of, I don't know, I'm very grateful to God. I feel like it was kind of like a day-to-day thing. And it was like a day-to-day dependence on him. Like I felt like I really, like, you know, in the Lord's Prayer when it says, like, give us this day our daily bread. Mm -hmm. It's like every single day, even for the bare minimum things. Like you need to depend on God to, like, get you out of bed or, like, to eat or to do Mm -hmm. whatever it is you need to do. Um and that's not even to over-spiritualize anything, but it's just to say that, yeah. like, it really was, like, a day-to-day thing. Like, okay, like, I have no energy. I have no, like, mm-hmm. 
drive to do what I need to do today, but like I will, and that's kind of what you have to do. And that's what is really, really hard about depression is that it's so like a lot of times it's so hidden from everybody Mm -hmm. because you just have to keep going on like normal. Do you feel like it was helpful for you to just like only focus on the very next step? For me, it was, I think because when you're in a spot like that, it's so hard to try to see you know, a lot of people will be like, well, it'll get better. It's fine, yeah. you know. And they say that with good intentions. Like, people love you and they're trying to help you. But I think a lot of times it really is just, okay, like, how am I going to, like, get through today? Mm-hmm. When I go- when I wake up tomorrow, will it feel better? You know, just kind of, like, hoping thing. That was, that was definitely more my experience. Yeah, I feel like the biggest thing I would want people who've never experienced depression to know is, like, it's a lot of tunnel vision. I don't, like, when... People say stuff like that that has good intentions. It's like, but your perspective is so much larger than ours right now. So we genuinely need to just be empathized enough with to try to figure out how to cater to our very narrow vision right now. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, like trying to think like what helped me learn that I had more choice in the midst of, like, hopelessness and depression. I mean, even though it's cliche, like, a lot of it is just trying to go back to God when I can and his word and what he promises us. But I don't know. I wish I had more, like, practical steps because sometimes, like, when I'm really dragged down by my mind, it, like, helps me to have something, like, more tangible and practical. I think what I will say, too, is it goes back to what you were saying earlier about having other people in your life to give you perspective. I think asking for help is not a bad thing, and it's not a weak Mm -hmm. thing, and the people in your life are there for a reason, and I think people people actually do want to support you, like the people who truly care about you. Mm -hmm. They want to help you. And you'll be able to see very clearly who wants to help you and who doesn't. But the people that do really are there for a reason. And even some of the things that helped the most, I remember one of my friends, she came over and she knew I was sad about something. And we just sat in my room and just listened to music. And I didn't even have to talk about it, but we just sat in there. Like, that really helped me. I think just when you ask for people to show up for you, nine times out of ten, they do. And I think you be surprised like how much people do want to help if you reach out mm-hmm. I always think of Job um and his friends just came and sat with him they didn't even say anything but like if you are someone who has a loved one going through depression like all you have to do is just sit with them you don't have to try to fix it or have like magical words to say I think even just showing someone that you're literally present with them is really important yeah definitely Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the noose breaking? Yeah, so the noose breaks when he chooses to fight. And is it just like, it just like comes off after that? I don't know if I he... Think so, I think because he turns around, the rope breaks, uh-huh. and they fall. And then it just goes into the ballerina. So I don't think anything, I don't right. think it shows him after. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. It doesn't show him taking it off. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? But it is off the next <laughs> yeah. time you see him. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious, like, what the timeline of that scene is in comparison to, like, him singing with the skeletons around. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Yeah, when I saw that, the rope breaking, I thought that was... That's my favorite part of the video. Mm -hmm. Um, Because one, I think, just in a... Well, I think when you look at it at first, I think Tyler has been very vocal about his struggles, you know, just with mental health, Mm -hmm. with everything, and also with suicidal ideation. And I just think of that moment, how, I don't know, it does something to me. It's very profound. Um, Yeah. Just, like, it's not completely hopeless. And even if you really want a way out, like, if God's not done with you, God's not done with you kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, But also, when the rope breaks, it really reminds me of when... um, in the Gospels, when it says that the curtain in the temple was torn when oh, Jesus wow. dies, when he gives mm-hmm. up his spirit. And it really reminds me of that, like, the whole idea of it is finished. Like, we, I don't know, it really reminds me that not only did God save us just eternally, mm-hmm. but also in our day-to-day struggles, he doesn't want us to struggle with those. And he actually does want to help us. Yeah. And I don't know, that imagery really reminded me of it. I think it's so cool. Yeah. But now that also, like, makes me think, like, besides him choosing to fight, I wonder if part of the reason it broke was God. Like, just mm-hmm. some force beyond him broke the news. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's interesting that, like, that's the darkest part of the video. But that's also, like, when they momentarily disappear. is like, right after the darkest part. Yes. Whoa. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> I think because, like, that's the biggest portrayal of faith in this video. Yes. And, yeah, skeletons can't hold up to faith and truth. Oh, my gosh. Yay. Wait, wait. <laughs> you, just, you just blew my mind with that. There's I just no came way. up with that. Wait, you just blew my mind because you're right. The fact that he turned around, it's a perfect, it's a perfect picture of repentance. Like, when you turn from your old ways... Hmm. and you actually follow mm-hmm. god the things that happen and i think it also really reminds me of like because something that god has been teaching me lately is obedience but even with things i don't understand or things that i don't yeah. even it sounds weird to say but like agree with mm-hmm. like things that god wants me to do but things i'm like well god do i really have to do that it's like mm-hmm. i don't obey him because I think I'm right, but it's like I try to obey him because he's right and he's God. Mm-hmm. And I think when we actually really do that and when we try to obey him and live for him with the right intentions, that's when our life really changes. Yeah. And it changes even if the skeletons stay around after. Yes. Snap. So good. <laughs> because, yeah, the skeletons are around the rest of the video. And I think mm-hmm. that's important, too, because there's always that idea that oh, I gave my life to Christ. That's it. There's no skeletons anymore. And it's like, no, that's not true. (laughs) No, you're so right. That's something, that was something I thought was sort of an overarching message in the whole video. Exactly that is that when we decide to follow God, things don't suddenly go perfectly. Mm -hmm. We still have trouble. Sometimes things get even worse because we're more aware of our sin and, like, the struggle that it puts us through, and just the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. Like, it's a lot, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Jesus really reassures us, like, take heart. I've overcome the world. Like, it's okay. When you struggle, it's okay. And I think that's something that 21 Pilots, 
that's a message they put out all the time is mm-hmm. that you're still gonna struggle and that's just part of it it's never gonna look perfect like even with scaled and icy when things look perfect yeah they're nowhere near perfect it's very don't trust a song that's flawless <laughs> seriously and then we go into the dancing skeleton yes which I wasn't entirely sure what this represented, but I think it was interesting that it's, like, the skeleton with the most, like, direction and movement. Um, I feel like it's almost like when you slow something down, whether it's, like, a trigger or a thought pattern, and actually try to understand and learn from the rhythms and how to adapt to them. Ooh, I really like that. So it's like, we're not going to get rid of this, but we're going to slow it down and try to understand what it means for how to live our lives going forward. Ooh, I love that. And that it's a process. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was telling Lexi in my mental health group I'm co-leading right now, um, our latest group was about how mental health recovery is a continuum And so it's never like a linear or finished process, but a lot of it is about working on how to regulate triggers and figuring out a healthier way to cope and live through life with your mental illness. I love it. It's all so good. Yeah. Yes. I I think it's really cool when she starts dancing on the screen because I have to look it up, but there's this... There's this part in Ezekiel where he has, like, a vision or a prophecy where God tells him to, like, tell the dry bones mm-hmm. to raise up. Yeah. And that's what it kind of reminded me of because when you first look at the skeletons, it's like, oh, that signifies death, right? Mm-hmm. But then you see the ballerina and she's dancing and it's so beautiful that it feels like, well, that can't signify death. That's yeah. something entirely different. And it kind of reminded me the idea of resurrection like God raising the bones. And Mm -hmm. I also think it's cool because I think it also shows kind of like, I think we limit ourselves a lot with the things that God can do in our lives or the ways Mm -hmm. that we can get closer to him that we didn't even know we could. So it's like, maybe it'll look different than you thought. Like she's still a skeleton, but it's so beautiful that it's like, there are so many possibilities that God has for you that you don't even know about yet. I don't know. I think it's really cool. Yeah, and I think that shows that even through our weaknesses, and sometimes especially through our weaknesses, like First Corinthians or Second Corinthians talks about God, we can have power in our weaknesses. And I think yes. just Tyler even creating the song and singing about what he's been through that is a weakness or a thorn is now becoming something beautiful that he can advocate about. So and that's, that's another thing I just learned. I was watching a mental health christian instagram live yesterday and it was about trauma and it was like the biggest thing to help heal from trauma is turning that grief into advocacy and i feel like for me with my own trauma that's been really healing is like it's not just something sad even though it is but it can be instead of eliminating it from your story it's learning how to turn it into something positive for other people and kind of just like taking that internal pain and putting it outwards in a positive healthy way i love that and what a beautiful way to serve others and to love Mm -hmm. people around you is 
that you can actually empathize with them on the deepest level because you know what it's like and you can help them through that. I think that's so beautiful. And it's just another way that we can be there for people. Yeah. I feel like if I ever have kids, one of the biggest things I'm going to teach them is it's okay to have boundaries. I'm going to help you create boundaries. (laughs) Yes. No, yes. That is so important. And it's so true. Like, just letting people learn from our mistakes. I think that's a really good way to love people is not Mm -hmm. being afraid of them seeing what you've been through or things that have happened, but saying, hey, like, I want, I want good for you. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, like, how you can get closer to that. Yeah. But then there's also that tension of, like, we're not God. So there are times when we can know how to help someone, but ultimately, like, God has to be the one that assists that person, which is also really hard because I'm someone who's very empathetic and I can be a fixer, but sometimes it's like, but is, this isn't my place right now for this person. Like, God has to be the one to do that sometimes. Absolutely. And I think that goes back to boundaries again, like having healthy boundaries, even from your side when you're trying to have good intentions. Yeah. It's definitely a working thing. Mm-hmm. So many good things to work on for life. <laughs> boundaries are good. If you don't have boundaries, you should work on boundaries. <laughs> it's okay yes, to say no. Away. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. If you shouldn't you listen to this to put some boundaries up. Yeah. If you if you shouldn't be listening to this right now, turn it off right now. <laughs> Agreed. Go do your homework if you haven't done it yet. <laughs> We promote good work ethics on this podcast. Yes, please do your homework. Okay, then we get into Entertain My Faith, which is like Tyler's iconic line that I think I mentioned in the last podcast for the song is very much tied to him being uncertain if he wanted to keep pursuing music, but then deciding to anyway, but... I just love how ambiguous this line is because I feel like it means a lot to him, like kitchen sink, but we're never going to know exactly. I think you're right. It's funny because I love this song so much, but I have never decided what that line means. Honestly, like more than any other of their songs, I think this is the most confusing lyric in any of their songs. Truly, because it could have so many different meanings. And I think, too, because I think he said this about even their logo, is that it's intentionally ambiguous so that people can ascribe their own meaning to it and Mm -hmm. that it can be meaningful to them. It almost doesn't box them in when he says, this is what it means, because then you can look at it and think, oh, it means this. And then you have an actual connection to it and almost like you're contributing because Mm -hmm. you decide what it means for you. Um, But yeah, I love this line so much, but I don't know what it means. Yeah. He's like, I'm actually going to make you literally think, even though you don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like, similar to what I said before about the dancing skeleton with Entertain My Faith, I feel like they're finding new rhythm um, with interacting with the skeletons and also, like, releasing control and struggle with them. Like, I feel like... I don't know how to describe it exactly, but I feel like Tyler and Josh's relationship to the skeletons at this point is, like, they're not fighting as much, not because they don't want to fight, but, like, they're learning how to live with those new rhythms of, like, okay, these are never going to disappear completely. 
Definitely. And I think what you said earlier about how as the song goes on, the skeletons start to dance more on the beat. Mm-hmm. I think that really goes with the lyrics in the bridge where he talks about that. Yes. And how it's internal and not external. And and by this point in the song, they're actually dancing. Like they have like yeah. a synchronized dance and moves that they're doing, which I think also ties into that. Do, they, do you know like from this point forward after the noose, do they touch Tyler and Josh again, or are they just dancing around? I feel like they still might have shown a shot where, you know, where they're touching his face. Oh, when yeah. It's really close up. Yeah. I feel like they right. still do that, but I don't remember if they actually touch them as they're singing and playing. Okay. I was just curious if that was like a theme, but you're right. They do touch him. Okay, my next note, I don't quite know what I was going for, but I said skeleton compared to lyrics that mean nothing living skeletons i think maybe because it starts they start turning like the make the skeleton makeup starts coming on to tyler and josh's faces which i thought was interesting Mm -hmm. but i don't know why i was connecting that to lyrics that mean nothing oh i guess because when he sang that i think he he had the makeup on his face and Mm -hmm. i was like does that mean that lyrics that don't have a genuine thought behind them are kind of just like dead Ooh, that's a good point so i thought it was interesting that he looked like a skeleton while he was saying that particular line Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then i couldn't tell at the end if they just put them back or if the video was reversed I was thinking about that, too. I was like, okay, you mean the way they cover them back up? Yeah. So when I saw that, it really reminded me of March to the Sea. Because you know how Mm. at the end of the song Mm -hmm. where it's like he's marching to the sea, he's like walking toward destruction, and God literally intervenes and like saves him. So then at the very end, he's saying like, I'll follow you instead. And then at the very end, it's like, you put me back in my place. Um, And then he says... So oh, once that's again, perfect. yeah, yeah. And then, but then I was like, wait, is it like good or is it sad? Because then mm-hmm. at the end of March to the Sea, he says, once again, I will be on a march to the sea. So it's kind of like an ongoing struggle. And yeah. I wondered, I'm like, did they cover them back up because it's an ongoing struggle? Like, yeah. this is something that every day, you know, like deny yourself every day, take up your cross. Yeah. It's like not something you ever fully overcome. Yeah. I think so, because it's like that. I think they're going back to sleep. Like, I think they close their eyes again and like they cover them up again. Yes, they do. Oh, no, they totally close. Yeah. So it's like, dang it. That was our day. But um, it's going to be another one tomorrow. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Yeah. And so I don't know if you had I just had like one last general thought about the video as a whole. So I don't know if you had any last little pieces. Yeah, so I have one more thing that I really like, and I just like to point it out because it's another thing I like in the video, but um, I think it's at the very end of the bridge where Tyler isn't wearing his jacket anymore and his shirt has a spine on it. (gasps) Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yes, I love that because whenever I watch that video, I'm like, I love that shirt. That's such a cool shirt. Yeah. But it reminded me of Addict with a Pen where he talks about being spineless, like tossed back and forth. And then in this music video he kind of like has a spine now 
and that's it just reminded cute. me of him. Yeah. I'm gonna go cry. <laughs> like now he's now he's stronger, you know, and Attic was yeah. a pen. He was really going through it, really struggling, feeling like, God, like, where are you? Like give me something, give me a drop. Like you feel so far. Yeah. And he just feels like he's totally influenced every which way by things. And then in this he's actually fighting back. He's actually turning away. And he kinda has a spine yeah. now, like Oh. I don't know, in like a strong kind of, I think it's cool. Yeah, it almost makes me wonder if Tyler in self-titled, original at best, would have been able to pull away from the skeletons in the same way, which is like really sad and dark, but yeah. I think it's interesting that he, it almost makes me wonder like, was even his intention in redoing particular songs like like a restart or like maybe he somehow had a different perspective than when he initially wrote some of those songs yeah yeah I don't know but I think that's a cool thing to think about like we're constantly rethinking even the things that are like the biggest parts of our identity we always have the opportunity to like reframe and rethink things and refresh them yes wow that's so good Thank you. But as a whole, I felt like with the lyrics to the song, I feel like the whole song, similar to what we were saying, like a repeat, it encapsulates the open for a moment line. Like this video is the open, we're open for a moment before we're closed again at the very end. Mm -hmm. So like there's always going to be a victory before there's a crash or a struggle again. And that knowledge that we can't evade struggle, but God will be constant and continue to intervene even in the struggles like this video. Wow. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think there's moments in our own life where we are more open to God Mm -hmm. or close. And that's kind of what he's struggling with too. And so it's a matter of trying to keep our hearts open to him. Mm Mm-hmm instead of kind of distancing ourselves. Yeah. And that that's the hard thing. It's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts? I don't think so. I just, okay. I just love this video. But yeah, that's my thought. <laughs> well, thank you, Lexi, so much for joining me for this music video analysis. You brought in so many great points that I never thought of. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with me and our listeners. Yeah. Dude, thank you for having me. It was so fun. Of course. Feel free to come back if you want. No pressure. <laughs> um, I feel like we have similar brains with our joy of analyzing words. So, <laughs> Seriously. All right. I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. If you want to be cool and follow in Lexi's footsteps, (laughs) she paved the way so that you could be here. You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, video, or album with me. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. You can find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. On Instagram, you can find me at Entrench underscore pod. Look out for some reels in the future. (laughs) Can't wait. I can't wait for it. I look forward to hearing from all of you. Tune in next time for Migraine.
And then it's like, do 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 do. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember in Trench, you're not alone. Um, well, we're doing an in depth analysis of Shrek. I need a hero from Shrek 2. <laughs> Okay, so, okay we, you can start recording. We are whenever. recording. Any last words? <laughs> no, I'm good. Good luck. <laughs> Keep your arms and legs in the vehicle at all times. No, it's like Disney World. <laughs> you could make a Patreon and it's just Shrek content. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure. I wonder if someone has a Shrek podcast. We have to look this up. Wait, maybe that's going to be my podcast. Yeah! <laughs> Guys, everyone coerce Lexi into making a Shrek podcast. She needs to use her microphone more. <laughs>